We are in Perik Nunhei, Pasuk Aleph, in Sefer Yeshayahu, Haikol Tzomei. So now, up till now, um, Yeshayahu has been speaking, as we've seen, to the Achris Hayamim, the final Geula with the Mashiach. Now, this Navi, or this Nebuah that we're about to learn, is more or less directed to his generation, to his contemporaries, and some say the other nations of the world, as to what they should do to prepare for that ultimate guru. So we start with Pasuk Aleph, Perik Nun Hei, Hoi Chol Tzomei Lechu Lamayim, V'asher Ein Lo Kesef, Lechu Shivru Ba'ochu, Lechu Shivro Below Kesef, Below Mechir, Yayin V'chalav. What does that mean? Hoi Chol those who are thirsty, Lechu Lamayim, go, get the water, Go buy and eat. And if you don't have money, Vasher Einlo Kesef, Lechu, go anyway. Shivru, Ochlu, Lechu, Below Kesef, Below Mechir, Yayin, Vecholot, get the wine and milk without money. You don't need money. What are we talking about? Well, we're taking one of the favorite metaphors that we use that, as the Gemara says, Ein Mayim Ela Torah. That whenever the, the Navi or the, uses the Mayim, it is a metaphor for Torah. And what the Navi is saying, go, you don't need money, you don't need cash, get the Torah, absorb the Torah, because that is what is going to prepare you. Uh, the Rambam makes the distinction as they do between Lechem, which is the Mitzros, Basar is the Halacha. So, we all have that metaphor of Mayim Torah, but what is the basis of it actually? Um, there is a beautiful Agadita in Tanis that tells us the story, um, and it tells us as follows, we're going to get to the story. And let me read it to you. Why are the words of the Torah compared to water, as it is written? And it takes on Mayim. Anyone thirsty, go to the Mayim. To teach you. Just as water leaves the higher level of the heavens, and goes to a lower level. So the words of Torah. Are retained only by one who is humble, who is meek. In other words, arrogance and personal aggrandizement are the antithesis to the true learning of Torah. And you need that Torah to prepare you for the life of a Jew, for the life of one who is going to influence all the nations of the world and is going to become the true Eved Hashem, the servant of the Kaddish Baruch There is also a beautiful Agarata in Bava Kama that teaches us that when Bnei Yisrael crossed the Red Sea, three days after, they become very weary with thirst and they come to Moshe complaining. 
Uh, and of course, we apply that metaphor that Ain Mayim Torah, that they were hungry for the words of Torah and lacking the Torah that made them faint. And so, what they instituted there on the spot is the minhag, or it's more than a minhag, the commandment that carries to this day. And that is, we Jews do not go more than three days without the public reading of Torah. In other words, Shabbos, Monday, Thursday. You do not permit yourself to go three days. Some say it was metakeng, it was instituted finally by Ezra, but it began there right on the spot. Some ask the question, and it's a very good question, uh, at that time, it wasn't yet Matan Torah. This was before Matan Torah, so there was no chiyuv of Limud Torah. So why are we commanding them every three days to read the Torah? Some of Forsham, including uh, Rav Soloveitchik, says because we have an obligation, every Jew has that spark of Torah that's not lit, that's not kindled, and that we have the duty, even though there wasn't that mitzvah, to kindle his own, as we say, pintalayid, the spark of his Judaism. So that is where we get this very famous metaphor, and the Kaddish Baruch or Yithri Yishayol is saying, get it, you must have that to prepare for the days of Meshichas. It doesn't cost money, and he continues, Lama Tishkelu Kesta, why are you weighing out your silver coins below Lechem, but not for bread, Yiachem below Lesava, and you're exhausting yourself on, and not truly feeding yourself. You get no satisfaction by doing these, these lives of Gashmias. Shimu Shamoa Eli, listen to me. In other words, listen to what I have to say, um, that you will satisfy your souls, you will satisfy your natures by following Torah and not following this endless pursuit of the materialistic side of life, and this will give you delight and satisfaction in the world to come. Continues Pasuk Gimel, set your ears, listen to me, come to me, listen, your, your lives will be uh, more satisfying, and I will make for you a bris, a covenant, an eternal covenant, bris olam, like King David, like Melech David, which was the promise of Meshichus. In other words, there is an eternal covenant that the Mashiach would come from the house of David and that the monarchy would never, ever pass from the house of David. And so that is the bris I am prepared to make. Hain ad le'umim nesativ, nagid le'umim. Moreover, I have made uh, the Mashiach a witness to the nations. It's not only your Messiah. It is going to be a Messiah to all the nations he is going to command. And he is going to be um, a prince, a commander, 
He is going to be the undisputed commander of the world. Now we see as well, back, if you can go back that far, Yeshayahu, it seems a long time ago, in Perik Bays, Pasuk Bays, says the Navi, in the end of days, meaning at the time of the Mashiach, uh, it will be at the head of all the world, the, the summit of Israel. And now, they will come, nations of the world, and they will say, the nations of the world, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, El Basel, okay, Yaakov, the house, the base Hamikdash, the Yerenu Migrachov, he will teach us of his ways, we will go in his paths, Torah will emanate from the Har Habayas, and it's not just for the Jews of the world, it is for all the nations. And that's what I've given the Mashiach. I've given the Mashiach as a leader. What's going to happen is that nations that you don't know, nations of the world you've never heard of, they'll call you and nations who do not know you, they will gather a lecha. Yorutsu, they will run, Laman Hashem Elokecha, Ulefjosh Israel, Kipearecha. They will seek Hashem uh, right then and there. They will, you will be the spiritual leaders of the world. Simply Kipearecha. Hashem has glorified you. But the key is Torah, is learning the Limud of Torah. Now the Navi shifts to a very famous mafter in Pasuk Vav, Jirshu Hashem Behimotso. It is the mafter we read on every Tanis Tzibor, um, public fast. The reason, as we're going to see, is the necessity of tshuva, that you are not going to achieve this without tshuva. And it is a tshuva, as we're going to see, that's time-sensitive. In other words, it's you have to do it before it is too late. Dear Shu Hashem Behimotsal, see? Let me ask you a question. Just a couple of prokim ago, he said, it doesn't matter. Hashem is going to redeem us regardless. So now you're saying you know, we, have to, we have to do tshuva before it's too late. So which is it? Good question. It's both. Because... There is a time, and unfortunately say there is a time beyond the Kaddish Bar who will not go uh, and stall the coming of Mashiach. Even if B'nai Israel isn't worthy, they will get it. But if they want to make themselves worthy now, and we're going to see the Kaddish Bar who's as anxious to send the Mashiach as we are to receive it, they've got to do tshuva. Tshuva is the essence. But saying it's too late is a different thing than saying it's not going to happen. Yeah, but it's too late. No, it's too late to do tshuva, and then you're just going to wait at the will of the Kaddish Baruch when he's coming, and it's obviously still not here. So, Gershu Hashem Bimatzel, find, seek out the Kaddish Baruch while he is still present. That's what it means, Bimatzel. Call to him while he is still here. So this, of course, is a specific 
commandment, a call to Yeshayahu's contemporaries to do tshuva, or it could be a timeless call to future generations. But the basic message is that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is close. All you have to do is call out to him. Um, alternative, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the verb behimotsa'u, he wants to be found. He wants to be found exactly because he can hasten the Mashiach. Um, and say the Mepharshim, there is a time sensitivity to tshuva. Specifically, what is the time sensitivity? Say the Mepharshim, it's Aseris Yimei Tshuva, the 10 days of repentance. Why? We know the Kaddish Baruch Hu is more accessible, more approachable, more accepting of tshuva at that period. We know that we say there's a phrase the Gemara uses, Hamelech Basada. During that period, and El, the king is in the field. It's not Yoshe Beseser. He dwells in magnificent seclusion. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is out there. You can approach him. That is the time to do it. The Aseris Yemei Tshuva. So, Yazov, Dishu Hashem Bimatso, So how does one seek Kaddish Baruch Hu? Yazov Rasha Darko, simple. Let the evil person leave his drachim, his derech, the ish oven machshavto, and a person of iniquity, let him change his thought. In other words, tune out the evil, the bad within your own nature. You correct your moral natures from the bottom up. Um, and therefore, Masavi Yoshevel Hashem, return to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Yerach Mehu, Vel Eloheinu, Kiyar Approach God because He is limitless and abundant in His compassion, and He is anxious to forgive. Because unlike men, and we're going to come to the, the difference and the beautiful phraseology in Pasukhes. My thought processes aren't your thought processes. My ways are not your ways, no Hashem. In other words, there are different. Hashem is Machshav and the Mephoshim give wonderful examples like this. When the Kaddish Baruch Hu forgives someone for tshuva, what happens is the sin no longer exists. It's extirpated. It's like it never happened. When man is persuaded to forgive someone who's wronged him, there's always a residue, say the unfortunately. You always remember that person may have cheated you, that person may have lied to you. The Kaddish Baruch Hu, it is gone. And that's why you know, it's a very puzzling Gemara we always learn that David that anyone who says David sinned with Bathsheba, because he's mistaken. But you think, how could he be mistaken? The Navi is very clear, he sinned with Bathsheba and spends the rest of his life atoning for it. But that's precisely what this is saying. Once the Kaddish Baruch Hu accepts David's shuv as he did, it's like it never happened. So to say that he sinned with Bathsheba is not very valid because well, there was never such a sin. But her husband, Uriah, he, <laughs> I mean, it happened to him, right? He got yes. sent to, and he, he, he was sent to, to fight and get killed. There are Mephoshim that say he signed a get before he did that. Soldiers signed 
bills of divorce. But, and so the, technically she wasn't an HSH. But yeah, right, Uriah is a, a victim. There's no question. And that's part of the sin that he has to atone for. But he does atone for it with sincere shuva, and that's what we're saying. Give me sincere tshuva, and you will be forgiven. And if you will be forgiven, there will be no remnant of the sin. Yes, Uriah is what you might say, collateral damage there. Similarly, your judicial system, for example, your way, that once one admits his guilt, he's still liable for punishment, not with Hashem. You admit the guilt of what you've done, and you have complete forgiveness. There is no punishment there. So seize the opportunity, Continues the Navi Kigavu Shamayami Oretz, the just as the heavens are higher than the land, King Gavu Drachai Midarchechem. So are my ways higher. It is a different thought process, it's a different behavioral process. Um, and my thoughts, say the Kodesh Baruch, who quite accurately are higher than your thoughts. Now, just like rain and snow come down from the heavens and doesn't return there, this you're going to get the evaporation thing that we used to learn in biology, that it goes down and it sinks into the earth and then the sunlight brings it back. So just as and causing it to give birth and sprout the earth, so it is with the words of my Nevi'im. In other words, that everything that I send out, it is with my the words of my Nevi'im, every word of their prophecies will not return unfulfilled. Uh, like the evaporated moisture does not return to form new clouds until it's fulfilled its task, and it gives seeds to the earth and plant and bread to the eater. What is the distinction there? That Lima Torah, for all its knowledge, is often learned for its own sake. In other words, we can learn it. And it may not have practical application at the time to us, to the individual study. That's what we say you learn lishma. But eventually, those seeds are harvested and reharvested until we understand what we are learning. This is like the bread, the positive. So it may come down like seeds, and you don't give up on you learn it. Even if you don't understand it, you learn it with Shema, because what do we say, eventually, with review, and here using the metaphor of reharvesting, uh, it will, in fact, come out to us. Um, and these are the halachos, the mitzvahs that we can't live without. We cannot live a meaningful Jewish life. Continues the Navi, um, so my word that comes out of my mouth uh, is not returned to me, but rather only what I wanted it for and succeeds for the purpose I sent it. In other words, sometimes we don't know. What I send out to my Nevi'im, 
will not return to me empty. The words of the Navi are not empty, blind promises. They will come back fulfilled. Because if you do what I wish, and it will succeed for the purposes that I sent it. Now, back to Kibbutz Goliot, the ultimate bringing in of all the exiles. Kibbutzimcha, you will come out with simcha, you will come back in peace. Unlike other exiles where you're driven from the land and punished and beaten, you are coming out in total joy. The mountains and hills will burst before you in joy. Literally, all the trees of the field will applaud, will clap their hands in appreciation. Instead of the thorn bush will come mighty oak trees. Instead of the thistle, a beautiful myrtle will arise. This is a metaphor of plants that the sins, the thistles, the oppression will change to glorious trees. And this will make it uh, this will be a sign for the Kodesh Baruch who overall the world again that is so key to this that Hashem will be acknowledged as the ruler of the world um, in other words the tree the Kodesh Baruch who will be a sign to the rest of the world never never to be Departed, never again to be exiled. It's a promise that you will not be exiled again a third time. You will survive, and we will continue on that note of survival and Nechama in Mirza Hashem 845 tomorrow.